Good morning. How's everybody doing? Wonderful. Um, man, that was great. I love hearing your voices in worship. I love that. I love seeing Kelly not pass out, but... <laughs> But you woke me up, and so uh, uh, good, good stuff. Um, well, welcome to Camarillo Community Church. My name is David Hurtado. I'm the lead pastor here. Um, you know, I, we were meeting with our elders this week. I kind of went on a little one-day retreat together, and, and we decided it would be a good idea for us to say something about the um, kind of the climate of our country right now, the, the, um, the issues plaguing our society. And uh, you won't find me get too political. That's not my realm. That's not what I dive into. That's not what I'm educated in. That's not, that's not my world. I don't dive into that stuff. Uh, um, but uh, as it relates to the scriptures, this is what I do dive into. And this is what I believe in. And so I just would tell you that we as a church and as a body of Jesus Christ um, recognize that there is one race. And that is the human race. We believe that's biblical. Beginning back with Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis. I would tell you that there is only one color that matters to God, and it is the blood of Jesus red. That's all that matters. Uh, it is the great reconciler of the racial divide. It is the hope of the world, and it is the path of forgiveness and reconciliation, not only between us and God, but between us and every diverse community that's out there. And so um, I think sometimes you might think to yourself, man, we, we, we've turned backwards a little bit. As a country, it feels like that at times. Um, but we have a great reconciling ideal in that Jesus Christ can bring us all together so the book of Revelation one day, every tribe and tongue will be worshiping the Lord in heaven together. And that's what we believe in. And so I don't put my hope in a donkey. I don't put my hope in an elephant. I put my hope in the Lamb of God. It takes away the sins of the world. So... With that in mind, would you stand with me, hold your neighbor's hand, and let's pray for our nation that we love so much, and, and uh, maybe even cross the aisles in, a, in just a kind of a showmanship of solidarity and uh, crossing of all cultures right here in our own congregation. Let's pray together. Father, we need you. can't even watch news anymore without wondering what my kids are viewing, hearing. We need you. But you are a big God. You are not small. This is not the first controversy that you have landed in the middle of in society. It's been years and years and thousands of years, and you're a great God. And you broke through with your son in Jesus Christ. You reconciled us to you. And so we stand here as reconciled individuals to you and to each other. Would you help us promote this idea, this loving, forgiving, reconciling idea of Jesus Christ? Let us be the ones to highlight Jesus in the midst of all the craziness that we see in our world today. You are against hate. You are against bigotry. You're against discrimination and all those things. And so we trust you. And we ask you, sit on your throne. And uh, one day, your kingdom will come. And you will sit on the throne. And we will be there with you. And then that kingdom, we will see all the rights, all the wrongs righted. And we look forward to that day. And we say it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Yeah, we're good. I, uh, you know, obviously your elders have, have, uh, have 
shown where they stand on this issue by inviting a uh, new lead pastor of Hispanic descent to be your pastor. So thank God that we don't have any kind of issues. Well, we, uh, we, we started the last couple weeks with a football illustration, and I started wondering, why is that? And it's because I'm so blasted excited that football's coming back, and uh, I was watching my horrible team lose last night, and it was still great. You know, and, uh, and so this week we're going to do the same, but I'll remind you, next week I'm preaching from the stage in a football jersey. And so I don't want to be the only one present wearing a jersey. Everybody's invited to wear, whether it's a baseball jersey or a football jersey. I suppose if I'm the only one, I will represent that very well. But I would like to invite you to join me with it. And so come next week in your jersey attire, 9 o'clock service. I'm sure Kenny will remind us as well today. But uh, come next week, and then we'll do a tailgate party afterwards. If you're A through M, you bring steak. If you're L through Z, bring lobster. I'll eat it. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful thing. So uh, you've heard those. But please come. Uh, uh, the be- most beautiful colors in all the NFL will be represented on the stage next week. I'm just giving you one. <laughs> so anyway, I was reading in this book a couple years ago, uh, for those of you guys who are readers, and if you're a manly man, you'd love this, it's called Mansfield Book uh, for Manly Men, Mansfield Book of Manly Men by Stephen Mansfield, and uh, if you're a man, you're going to love it, so you want to pick it up and read it, very, very good, very inspiring kind of book, I didn't read the whole thing, but I kind of got halfway through, and I remember this one story, was in, it was incredible, it's about this coach, a football coach, and he's trying to train, obviously, the young men on his team, uh, how to play football, and he had this one kid on the defensive side of the ball who was a linebacker, and he couldn't get him to be disciplined in his role. He couldn't get him to hone in on what he's supposed to be doing. He would overrun plays. He'd, 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 he'd easily move on play action. He would just always uh, be ahead of the play two and three seconds, or so he thought. And what the coach is trying to, uh, to tell him is, when you do that, you leave us vulnerable as a team. There's a vulnerability there now because you left your post. You were supposed to be guarding this area. And when you leave that, we're vulnerable now because you left a hole. And I know it's hard, but sometimes you got to sit and you got to wait. And this is your field. You got you got to stay there. And the kid just wasn't getting it. So finally, the coach said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna make, I'm gonna bring this home for you. I'm gonna make it easy for you. I want you to come two hours to practice early to practice every day this week. And I'm going to uh, spray can lines in this big rectangle." And what's going to happen is in the midst of this rectangle, between the numbers is where he sprayed it, right on the grass, on the field, between the numbers and 10 yards in front of the line of scrimmage, that is your rectangle. That is your home. That is your post. That is your area. That is what you are to guard. That is your house. And the idea is if anybody comes into your house uninvited, you are going to knock them out. That is the area where you're supposed to stay in. Okay, and so the kid is kind of reading all this. He goes, and I, and I want to bring this home for you and make it make it really make sense for you. And so here's a pair of scissors, and he gives the kid a pair of scissors, and and, and the kid's like, what am I to do this? Well, you're gonna go ahead, and in the midst of that chalked uh, rectangle, you're gonna cut every blade of grass with those scissors individually. And the kid's thinking, well, wouldn't it be a lot easier and faster and smarter if I just got a lawnmower? And the coach says, yes, it would be, but you're not going to do that. (laughs) You're going to cut it with scissors, every blade of grass. And so the kid got there every morning, two hours before practice and after practice, and he's cutting every blade of grass until he got really acquainted with his home. Uh, on his hands and knees. And really what the coach was saying is, I I want you to tend to your land. I want you to, to, to take care of your home. I want you to have some skin in the game. 
your hands and knees crawling in this area, and I want you to cut every blade of grass until you have some skin in the game, until you know where your home is, until, until you have tended to your land. And what he was trying to inspire to the kid was how to take ownership over his role and his responsibility. The idea that if I have some skin in the game, I will appreciate my role and responsibility. That if I have skin in the game, I might have a greater appreciation of my role and responsibility. And you know, it worked. It worked. Uh, the kid got it. He's, at, he's playing football games, and now this is my rectangle, and I stay in this rectangle. Anybody comes here, I knock him out. But this is my area. I don't move out of this area. And he understood it. We're going to kind of look at that idea today, but spiritually speaking. Uh, the idea of having skin in the game, spiritually speaking. That's where we're headed today. Uh, we're in this series, and it'll be on the screen, more than a fan, exploring the idea of what it looks like to be a completely committed follower. In fact, let's just put it up on the screen right now. More than a fan, a completely committed follower. I really do have magical powers. <laughs> and so, uh, and that's what we're looking at. Uh, and really going through the book of Malachi. And today we're asking the question, how does skin in the game cause me to resist faith decay? How does me having skin in the game cause me from pushing back this idea of faith decay in my life? What are the factors that lead me to become spiritually stale? What are the factors that lead me to become spiritually stale? And, and how does skin in the game counter its effects? That's what we're looking at today. Where in my life am I in danger of falling into spiritual deterioration? And how and where can I invest so that I don't go there? So we're going to be in the book of Malachi. Obviously, turn there together. If you have a Bible on your phone, please open up your, uh, your, your iOS device and get there with us. If you have a Bible, flip there yourselves. Make sure everything we say, I say this every time, everything we say comes straight out of the Scripture. I have nothing to say unless it comes from the Bible. And all I'm endeavoring to do is represent the Bible. And so uh, that's what I do. I'm not trying to inspire you my own words.